We're in the series on the Holy Spirit, right? And we got to the part where we get to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, and everyone here, I'm sure you'll all agree, you love a good gift, right? You love a gift that is just right for you, yeah? Well, some of you look like you're not interested in any gifts at all. Whoever, you, you are cheap dates. I mean, your husbands or wives have lucked out, seriously. But I love a good gift. If it's right for me, I absolutely love it. But I wonder whether you've ever received a gift and thought, what the heck do I do with this? Right? I've got, hopefully, we've got a little PowerPoint that's going to come up. And, uh, oh, hello. Oh, yeah, because it's half a screen. Um, if you can see half of the gift... That's what I received. And I had no idea what it was. I can promise you it's not rude. Um, and, uh, and it just sat in my drawer because I had no idea what to do with this kind of pink thing. And uh, for two years, it just sat there gathering dust because I had no idea what to do with it. Eventually, someone came over and they were rooting through my kitchen drawers and they, they found this thing and they went, do you know what this is? I was like, no, no idea. And they went, well, it's actually really useful for separating eggs. You can kind of suck up the, the yolk and then separate your eggs. And it was really useful for about, I don't know, until I lost it. Um, but anyway, because I knew what it was and because I knew what it did and because I knew where it came from, then I could use it. And it's kind of the same with the gifts of the Spirit. So, so we know... Jesus in Matthew 7, he tells us that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself is, is good and God loves to give his Holy Spirit to his children. He's talking about parents and how as parents we know how to give good things to our children, but how much more does the Heavenly Father who is perfect know how to good, give, give good gifts to those who love him? But have you really ever considered what are they for? Why do we need them? Why do we want to use them? What, what, are the, what on earth are they about? I mean, come on. Like, what on earth? Why on earth would I want the gift of a language, a, a tongue, if you like, that it seems that no one else on the earth understands? Or, or for that matter, why would I want to interpret a language that it seems that nobody else on earth could understand? Well, to answer those questions... To understand why the gifts of the Spirit, why wisdom, messages of knowledge, healing, or any other gift, for that matter, is important and useful, we have to first do a quick overview of the big picture. So I'll be quick. I'll be brief. In the beginning, the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters of creation, ready to bring about God's life, order, and beauty. But we know that just two chapters, three chapters in, that creation becomes corrupted by sin, and the whole of humanity is corrupted by that sin. We're not able to function or exist as God created us to. We are not able to be the people that God created us to be. But fast forward right to the very end of the Bible, Revelation 21, we have this beautiful picture of, of a restored world, of a good world where God dwells with his people, that corruption of sin has been dealt with, that it's no more, and humanity, you and me, living, working, being, just as we were created to be. New creation has happened. And Jesus, in the middle of that story, between the beginning and the end, 
He's the first of that new creation. He lives his life, but then is crucified on a cross and put in a tomb. But, but three days later, he's raised to life by what? The giver of life, the Holy Spirit, breathing new life, new creation into him, making him the first of this new creation, this new restored humanity. And after the resurrection, Jesus he does something weird. He, he sees his disciples and, and he breathes on them. He breathes on them and says, receive my spirit. And then after that, uh, on the day of Pentecost, the, the spirit falls on Jesus' disciples in, in a really powerful way. And they begin to join in in, in new ways with imitating, with uh, representing Jesus, continuing his mission as part of this new creation. The Spirit breathes the same new creation life into his disciples as he breathed into Jesus. And so we, if we know and love Jesus, we get to be part of that new creation now in this present time. And so the gifts of the Spirit in that picture are to do this, they're to, to equip his new creation people, that's me and you, people who love and follow Jesus, his church, they equip us to be Jesus' representatives and imitators in the world around us, to bring his hope, his life, his order, his beauty to bear on the world, to build up his church, to encourage us as the community of believers in this present time, now, as we wait for God's complete and perfect conclusion of all things when he will make all things right and new. So that's why we have these, these amazing gifts that God says, if you ask, I will give them to you. So let's have a look at some from our Corinthians passage. Let's take wisdom. Now wisdom is a gift that kind of, it gives us an insight, a glimpse of what is really true. It gives us a glimpse of God's perspective of the world. It's not just knowledge. It's more than that. It's, it's kind of a, a, a perspective that, that we can't gain from any worldly reading. And it's kind of easy, isn't it, to see how that might be helpful for the church as, as imitators of Jesus, as people of this new creation, because uh, the more we understand and the more that we see the world from God's perspective the more we're able to live God's way, the more we're able to represent him and to do things God's way in this world. So that's kind of easy, isn't it, to see how that's a good gift for the church. Or what about the gift of healing? Now, Jesus went about healing people in his ministry. He went about, uh, you know, he restored the blind, he healed the lame, he even raised someone from the dead. Jesus in his ministry went about healing people. And in the new creation that God has got prepared for us, there is no more suffering and no more pain. And so it makes sense that that is a gift that God would give to his church, the gift of healing, his, to see his new kingdom life, to bring new kingdom life to bear on this broken world, to, to see, see it restored, made whole, made new, made good. And, there's so, and if you look through that list, some of them are, are, are just as obvious as that, aren't they? gift of knowledge, understanding who God is. 
But what about the less obvious ones? What about the gift of tongues, that language, that prayer language perhaps? Now, I know you will be surprised to hear this because I'm a preacher, but, but I sometimes run out of words to say. And, and, and I run out of words, and, and then I, I don't know what to say, and I end up saying stupid things. But um, I really, really find it easy to run out of words when I'm praying. I kind of pray something, and I'm like, well, that's five words, and now I've not got anything else left to pray. I've kind of said all I need to say. Um, and other times when I'm praying, I just don't know what to pray or how to pray or, or what I should be praying for in the first place. And in those moments, that's when the gift of like a, a heavenly prayer language is so, so precious. It helps me to, to be able to keep talking to my Father in heaven. It helps me to, to use words that are, are well beyond my kind of internal dictionary. It helps me to, to utter stuff that is so much more deep within me that I, I can't get out with my own dyslexic English language. I remember a time when I was sat in church and, and, and I just felt this urge to pray for a friend. Now, I hadn't spoken to this friend for quite some time. He lived in Russia and uh, I, you know, I hadn't, hadn't been in contact with him for ages. But I just knew I needed to pray for him. But I had no idea what to pray for. So, so I just started praying in, in my prayer language. And I prayed and prayed and had no idea what I was praying for. Later that night, I, I sent him a message and asked him, hey, mate, are you doing okay if I need to pray for you? He told me that um, he'd actually split up with his girlfriend and that he was kind of going through this really kind of depressive cycle. And then, then I said, well, mate, you know, I've been praying for you tonight. I just felt led to pray for you. And, and he said, well, actually, coincidentally, he's not a Christian. Coincidentally, he said, I actually felt a little bit better, a little bit of peace at approximately the same time that you were praying for me. You see, the Spirit knew exactly what to pray for, even though I had no idea. The Spirit knew the words to pray that were just right for my friend. And other times, uh, I've, I've heard stories, in fact, I was chatting to Fee earlier this week, and she shared a story with me where, where someone was praying in, in, a, in a language that they've never kind of prayed in before, and uh, they just thought it was like random words. But the lady who she was sat next to was like, no way. That's my native Russian tongue you are praying for me. And they were the words that she just needed to hear. Isn't it amazing? The gifts of the Spirit equip the church to be the new creation people today, here, now. People who through the power of the Spirit bring God's life, order, and beauty to bear on this broken world continuing Jesus' ministry. Each one of the gifts that are lift, listed there in 1 Corinthians and, and elsewhere in the New Testament, they're all about continuing Jesus' ministry, equipping us to be his people here and now. But when we look at the list, I wonder whether you're like me and have said something like this. No, that's not for me. I'm not that kind of Christian. Or perhaps, I don't have enough faith to do that. Or I don't think I believe enough. Or, or I don't know enough to have that one or desire that one. Well, here's the thing, right? If you are a follower of Jesus, if you're part of his church, no matter how old or new you are to it, 
no matter what style of church you like to go to or how much you know about Jesus, if you follow Jesus, the gifts of the Spirit are for you, whoever you are. And Paul, here in 1 Corinthians 12, said, uh, it tells us that, that he, Paul tells us that the, the Spirit then allocates these gifts across his church just as the church needs it. So we're given, like, hand-picked, perfectly picked gifts, purposely, for you, for me, so that we can carry out our role, that we can continue to be God's people here in this world. They're picked for you, purposefully. Now, I'm going I'm to get Fee to come up, uh, just and uh, come and sit behind this piano here for me, Fee, because uh, I like to think of the gifts of the Holy Spirit like a piece of music. Um, so, so, Fee, can you, um, can you just play us a little, you know, something? Just, just, just. You see, that's okay. That's okay. But, um, Keep, keep playing. Just, just you know, it's a bit. I feel like there could be a bit more in it. Like it's a bit. I don't, it's a bit German. It's you know, it's kind of like steady, reliable, rise on time, but uh, I don't know, a little bit dull. Um, Stephen, come and help your wife out. Run up the front here. Um, she, she needs a little bit of extra, you know work around the edges. So run, 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 run. And, uh, and where's the intern? Because I'm not sure Stephen's going to be enough. Um, the associate worship pastor, sorry, he's not the intern anymore. In, it's, it's, that's, that's my prerogative, isn't it? Gift of the Spirit. Insult. Go on, Stephen, play alongside. See, that's a little bit nicer, isn't it? That's a little bit... Joe, come on, quick, quick. It always takes uh, the, uh, the youngest member of the team to sort everyone out. Um, so come and, come and play alongside these two. There's a lot of pressure to get it right, yeah. Make sure you're all in the right key. That would be a good start. You see... The reason I think that our gifts of the Spirit are like music is because Fee on her own, trying to do everything on her own, it, it just didn't quite make it, didn't it? It didn't quite cut it. It wasn't quite that kind of awe-inspiring music that, that a song is supposed to convey. You see, it needed Stephen and it needed Joe to join in to create a piece of music that's, okay, a little bit more awe-inspiring. We, we could probably do with a bass and a guitar and, and a bit more drums and everything. You see, you see that the church needs everyone to play their part. The church needs everyone to, to play their rhythm that God kind of sings over them, to join in with the Spirit, to say, God, I'm open to you. Fill me with all the stuff that you have for me so I can play my part in your church. Come and give me the gifts that you have for me so I can come and be your person in this world to bring your hope, to bring your transformation, to bring your love, to bring your beauty and order and life to bear in this world. You see, and when we all do that together, 
We start to play music in this world that transforms and transcends the broken and disjointed rhythms of this world. And it brings God's awe-inspiring music. God's music that brings wholeness and hope and freedom. Now that's exciting, right? That's exciting, but it takes each one of us to play our part. It takes each one of us to say, yeah, okay, I'm part of your church, Lord. Come and fill me. Come and use me. Come and and release in me the stuff that you've got for me, Jesus. And that's why Paul writes, come and eagerly desire these gifts, eagerly desire them because they bring hope to this world. They bring transformation to this world. They bring a life to the church. Eagerly desire them. And what do we do when we eagerly desire them? We do something really simple. We say, Jesus, please give me the gifts of your Holy Spirit. Please release in me whatever it is that you want to release in me. And like, a, you know, if, if, you've, if you've ever wanted a birthday gift, I know some of you weren't that interested in gifts earlier, but if you ever wanted a good birthday gift, sometimes you'll say to your parents, actually, I'd really like this for my birthday. So it is with God. We can say, Lord Jesus, I've, I've been praying, I've been seeking you, and, and actually I'd really love the gift of wisdom. I'd really love the gift of knowledge. I'd really love to to have the gift of faith, to be, be able to believe in you more in the everyday. And God loves, loves, loves to give them to his children. So in a moment, we're going to stand together and we're going to do exactly that. We're just going to wait on God and say, say, come Lord Jesus and, and release in this place your gifts, so that we may be your church that brings hope, that plays that melody over the world around us, that brings freedom and hope and life and goodness. So the gifts of the Spirit are for everyone. They're for you, they're for me. As we follow Jesus, they enable us to be God's new creation people now, equipping us to be his church. And they're for the benefit of the world around us. So shall we stand together? And shall we pray? You might want to just open your hands out in front of you as a sign of kind of openness to God to say, yeah, here I am and I... And I love you, and, and I, I want whatever you've got for me, Lord Jesus. And uh, on the screen, there is a, a list. You can only see half of it behind me. But on the side screens, hopefully you can see more. Just a list of the different gifts. So you might want to spend just a moment just looking at that list. And is there something that, that kind of just excites your spirit? Is there something that kind of jumps out to you from that list and maybe ask God to release that in you